Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Attitude Era Wrestling Review Podcast. We are going to be reviewing WWF Raw from October 28th, 1996. And unlike Steve Austin and Brian Pillman, I have not turned on my tag team partner and Pillmanized his ankle. So let me introduce myself. I am your man. Oh, no, I'm not your man with a plan. I'm your armchair booker of the year, Drew. That is the man with a plan, Arnold. Hello. Arnold? Yes. Can I put a chair around your ankle and step on it really hard? I mean, I'd rather you didn't. But Okay, okay. Well, then we're, we're not Austin and Pillman yet, so. <laughs> Which, why would they put that on superstars? I don't know. I guess maybe to get people to watch. I guess we're we're jumping a little ahead of the gun, but this is what opens the show. So I mean, whatever. We, get, we can either get right to it or we can BS a while. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, oh no! Oh, bad memories. I used to work at a concession stand, and we sold hot dogs with two condiments: ketchup or mustard. It's all you had. Because we were cheap. So people come up, want a hot dog, ketchup or mustard? Yes. So you got ketchup and mustard. <laughs> well, I didn't want pick one or the other. You said you wanted it. Ketchup or mustard? Yes. I'm not That's a psychic. What I from that. <laughs> I'm not a psychic. I can't tell which one you prefer. Unless you're walking up with a Heinz t shirt on, you're getting both. <sighs> I mean, people. People, people. I mean, most of them were like halfway in the tank by the time they come up to the concession stand, but I mean, whatever. <laughs> uh, so Austin turns on Pillman for mentioning the word Bret Hart. <laughs> 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 oh, I mean, he not only mentioned the word Bret Hart, he said he was using Bret Hart's tagline. He's the best there is. The best there was. Austin's like, oh, hell no. No, oh no, you didn't. I'm surprised he didn't wag his finger, then kick the crap out of him. Right, no kidding. And yeah, so this is where the whole because when it happens now, people call it pilmanizing an angle or an ankle. And this is when it happened on superstars. Why? Why? This is an, a raw angle. True. Very true. Billy Gunn and Sonny need to be on Superstars. Their whole, oh my God, I love Sonny. Angle. That needs to be on Superstars. Austin and Pillman, that's a raw angle. Agreed. Definitely agree on that one. Because there's, I mean, I was like I said, I figured maybe it was, they probably did it. It's like, oh, you know, maybe we can get people to watch Superstars, I guess. No. We do this. No, nobody was watching Superstars. Nobody nope. watches it now. Nope. I mean, people watched it before Raw because it was the A show back then. 
So, but then Raw come out, and we're like, yeah, we're watching that. But also on this show, we're told we get Bret Hart and Austin interview live. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I believe Austin was from the. Let's see. He was, was this the one where he was in the studio or was that last week? It's this week. Okay. This is this week. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> All right. Okay. And we're also going to get this mm, Shawn Michaels versus Bulldog. Okay. We got Owen and Tall and Crazy last week. We get Shawn and Bulldog this week. I'm down mm-hmm. with that. I'm down with that. Now, I want to ask you a question. Have you mm-hmm. seen, this show opens with a match between mm-hmm. the road dog Jesse James versus Salvatore Sanzetti, whatever he is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you see what what Nitro opened with their second hour? Uh, yeah. Now, I always get confused. Their second hour is when they're head-to-head, right? Correct. Yes, okay. Yeah. Why would they open with just as much crap as this? I mean, don't get me wrong. This turned out to be decent. But if I'm looking at both channels, it's a toss-up. I mean, I'll go ahead and spoil it. It's just, you know, we said this one, Road Dog versus Salvatore Sinceri, or Sincere, Sincere, whatever. I don't know who cares jobber italian jobber whatever the other side had high voltage versus definitely not the quebecers <laughs> that's true i'm probably gonna turn over and see what's on sports center espn the cooking channel but it wasn't one then qvc was close on my channels oh my I would probably just go watch that other than these two matches. That's what I get. That's your, especially Nitro. They knew what was coming up. And if you look at the second half of that show, they, or even the first half, you could open up. I mean, you can, let me grab my notebook here. You could open up with anything else. DDP, D Malenko, Jeff Jarrett. This was all in the first hour. In the second hour, Ray Mysterio, Booker T. Any of those you could put here, and people would stay and watch Nitro. Seriously. But you went with, I guess we'll get this more on our Nitro review, but this is more, I don't know, and then and indictment of Raw, too. Why would Look at this card. Why would you open with this? I'm not saying open with Bulldog and Michaels, but. Out of the four matches on this card, open with any of the other ones. Billy Gunn versus Freddie Joe Floyd. Crush versus Aldo Montoya. Okay, maybe not that one. Okay, definitely open with the Billy Gunn one. Even though I put him in the sunny things that should be on Superstars, but better than fake Jesse James or fake Double J with Jobber? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, at this point, I mean, let's be real. Like, uh, what other match? Like, 
okay, like this is one of those where you look at this card. All right, and say say we keep this match. Which one of these other matches would you swap it with to start the show? If I want to keep people in their seats, probably Bulldog and Michaels. Man, that's a fair point. That's the way I look at it. This match was a throwaway. Um, it's got it was kind of cool seeing Jesse James before. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, all that, you know, all that good stuff. So it's like, oh, that's pretty neat. You know, this is a pre-DX double J, I guess. But at the same time, it's kind of cringy seeing that because it's like he's kind of doing the, the Fargo strut a little bit. And he's, it's like, yeah, it's awkward. Yeah, it's like, man, let, let the man be him. And I was like, I guess for the way, like, I spent the entirety of the match kind of feeling for Jesse James there. Cause yeah. it's like, here he is. He's kind of got a mock Jeff Jarrett. Now, I did like the shots they showed from him from desert storm. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Get, trying trying cool. to get all that baby face sympathy. They can get on him. Oh yeah. And shoot. I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, this is 96. I mean, desert storm is probably pressing a lot of those younger guys' minds, especially watching back then. So they're like, Oh yeah. You know, he's a veteran, which I mean, I'm like, yeah, I'm not knocking that at all. Um, and I did think that was pretty cool. And it just kind of made me think, like, you know, here you are, you know, you're over in the Middle East, and then a few years later, you know, you're probably telling your, you know, buddies and things, like, yeah, when I go back home, I want to be a pro wrestler. Yeah. I don't know. This is kind of cool to <laughs> think about. It. Yeah, it's going to – I mean, it's a, it's a good little view. I mean, at least they, you know, made him the baby face in Desert Storm and not pull a – um. <laughs> sergeant slaughter on him right make him defect or whatever yeah we have this american gi joe guy what are we gonna do with him well, let's make him an iraqi sympathizer <sighs> pairing with the iron Sheik. yeah that was not a good idea no <laughs> this was aka we're gonna punish you for going making gi joes <laughs> yeah oh, man but this match, I mean, it wasn't much. It was basically a squash, get double, the fake double J, Jesse James, the road dog over. Mm-hmm. You know, we find out Pillman's out with ankle surgery after the whole Pillmanizing his ankle, which, you know, his ankle was already busted up from his car wreck, but it's a nice way to write him off for a while. I hate to see mm-hmm. that, but I'm kind of kind of looking for it because they said, oh, we're going. Also, was it here or later? We found out we're going. To, he's going to have an interview at his house next week. Uh, later, well, later, it's later. It's later, but still, I think everybody knows where that's going. Um, this match was it was a quick. It was it was a squash. Jay, oh yeah, Double J's pump handle slam one two three, which he used that as a finisher forever. Mm-hmm. Which nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Hey, it was over. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so why not? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he wins. Michael Hayes goes to talk in the back, and he's interrupted by Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Steve. And did you see who else happened to be in the background? He caught a quick little glimpse of Flex Cavana. 
See, I thought that's who that was. I, I rewound it and looked. It was just a little, I mean, just a minimistic kind of glimpse. Yeah, because I was like, because I kind of was like, <laughs> like I mean, you guys can't see me. I was like, yeah, like I squinted at my screen yep, for a so second. Because I was just like, was that Flex Cavana? That's our <laughs> second appearance of Mr. Cavana, a.k.a. soon to be Rocky Maivia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so Stone Cold, you know, he's ripping on Pillman. Bret Hart, he's full, full blown, just healed at this point. Love, I'm loving every love, second. Oh of it. yeah, I was about to say da 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 da. I'm loving it. Yeah. Please don't sue us, McDonald's. You can sponsor. I like us. your coffee. You can sponsor us. No pickles, please. Oh God, help you if I find pickles. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Stewie Griffin skit ever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was good. It, all of it together. I mean, Michael, Doc Hendricks, shut up, Vince. Free word, Michael Hayes. <sighs> um, but overall, it was good. It was a good squash. Got double J over. We saw Austin. We saw Rock. I gave this a B. Okay. I mean, a little surprising, but it was short. It was, it was. Um, and I think that's what I liked about it too. It was short. It was short. And one thing that kind of got on my nerves was all of their sincere puns. Yeah. Like, I don't know who thought that was sincerely a good idea. Oh, God, they got oh. me doing it. But no, like you said, I mean, you know, it was, it was a, the quote unquote real double J's uh, debut. So, you know, it was like, like I said, it's kind of cool seeing, starting to see the guys who helped make the attitude era what it was show up in the twilight months of the new generation. That's pretty cool. And um, I'm guessing you did what I did here because we were, we mentioned uh, Michael Hayes doing the promo for survivor series and kind of looped and all put that in there and there together. Cause I did the same thing. And when I say that Austin stole the show here, <laughs> Austin definitely stole the show here. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this definitely got to be for me as well. Cause I, I, I'll tell you what, I'm glad that Austin like interrupted Michael Hayes while he was doing that whole thing. That was funny to me. Yeah. That was like perfect. the whole every, any bit with Austin throughout this whole episode of Raw was just wonderful. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, not a whole lot to say more about it. That's yeah, well, pretty much it. Yeah, it was. So you said what well, you said what B two? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So what we got here? Ooh, this next match. We have everybody's favorite prisoner, or excuse me, alleged, allegedly, jailbird. I mean, crush, but everybody's favorite lovable lawyer, Clarence Mason, taking on this dude is totally Portuguese with a, and I quote, jockey strap on his face. Aldo Montoya. <laughs> That's definitely not just incredible. 
who is definitely not Portuguese. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh my goodness. Aldo Montoya is basically just a jobber at this point. Mm-hmm. Why does he have pyro? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I wrote that down. I was like, I did pyro? too. Mark. <laughs> yeah, I wrote my exact thing was Aldo Montoya gets pyro question mark. What? Right. It was like, you think, like, I mean, I guess maybe they just had a little extra money in the budget that week or something. <laughs> kind of little spinny thing that comes down from the ceiling. I don't Maybe he's getting a push. <laughs> right. That's like, yeah. That's what cracks me up. Like when you like go back and watch, well, WCW, for example, like you could tell the guys who they're actually putting a little investment in versus the guys they're not because like, Jobby McJobberson will come out and it'll just be like, he might get some lights. It's like, all right, you know, we'll give you lights, but don't you dare ask for fog. We're lucky. We're half the time. We're lucky if they even get like a graphic on the bottom saying what their name is. Right. It's like, then, you know, you know, Jobby McJobberson's going up to face Booker T and here comes Booker T. He's got his own theme music. Sister Sherry's coming out with him and the stage explodes for five seconds. And then there's (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I don't, Crush didn't even get anything. Crush got nothing. Crush got nothing except a bunch of people with jailbird written on paper. Which in the he, crowd. Oh, he hates that. <laughs> he makes him so angry. Speaking of him being angry, his facials are absolutely stupid. Mm-hmm. Him selling or him making any kind of angry face. Good Lord. Right, because it almost looks like he's getting bullied. Yeah. One, because like every time you look, it's just like, oh, come on, guys, come on, don't call me that. My name is Crush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We also had Merrill on the phone here, former Intercontinental Champion. After he got perfectly played. Ah. I see what you did there. Yeah. And that was that was interesting. Yeah, Jr. <laughs> said he had he has news. Ooh, okay. Farouk has got a new manager. Mister mm. Clarence Mason. I prefer Sonny, but whatever. And Farouk's going to sue Ahmed Johnson. Oh Lord. Yeah. You notice we're not talking about this match. I forgot the match was going on. Yeah, so did I. Heart punch, one, two, three, crush wins. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was kind of pointless, even for a squash match. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was pointless. And then even after the match, Crush, like, goes off and, like, tries to murder a security guard. Who definitely wasn't a trainee in a t-shirt. That was hilarious. Because I was sitting there, it was just like, uh, it was one of those situations where you kind of knew what was going to happen. Because it's like, there's no way that Crush was going to go after the fan. Yeah. So it's like, oh, let's just beat up this security guard. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> I think last week on it was dynamite or rampage. They had remember a couple of months ago, they had the guy that tried to get into the ring 
and oh yeah justin roberts destroyed him. <laughs> that was funny and you know then they had to put out you know it's not fun it's not fans don't need to be in the ring we all know it's wink wink nudge nudge not real anymore yada 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 well so last week or week before i can't remember which it was on dynamite or rampage they have some guy go out and he's mad and he punches a quote unquote fan and pulls him in and power bombs him. Mm-hmm. So, do you want fans in the ring or not? Seriously, I, I know it was a plant and I know it was a you know somebody working, but don't do that. If you don't want fans to jump up and run in the ring, don't pretend to pull them from the crowd, whatever. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Speaking of pulling things, next we see the replay of, or well, hold on, do we give grades for this yet? No. Speaking of jumping the gun. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. So what'd you give this? I I gave this match a C minus. It was your typical everyday run of the mill WWF Monday Night Raw squash. It involves people I really have no connection to. Just incredible. Please go to Philly. They'll treat you better there. Yeah. Money might not be the best, but yeah. that's not your fault. Paul screw you on some money, but hey, you'll be popular. Mm-hmm. And your name won't be Aldo Montoya from Portugal. <laughs> His name might just be incredible. Ah. Hey, what do you know there? Yeah, you see minus. I gave it a C. It was there. Blah. Mm-hmm. Just blah. I guess yeah. that's our definition for C, just blah. And you went <laughs> blah minus. Blah minus. <laughs> uh, next, we get a, like we said, speaking of, I don't know what the transition was, but here's a new one. Speaking of, we had to make things up on the fly. We get Marrow, Mr. Perfect, and Triple's H's from last week. The replay of him, Mr. Perfect, pulling the wool over Marrow's eyes and screwing him out of the Intercontinental title. Trips is your new IC champion. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. That's not the important part. The important part is we get Stone Cold in the studio in Connecticut. Dumb, dumb, dumb. And this was Stone Cold heel promo to the max. Find out. This is where, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I see it now. This is where we're going to find out where they're going to be interviewing Pillman at his house next week. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to see that. (sighs) I loved Austin's reaction to that. Oh, Only yeah. Because uh, he knew they had uh, Bret Hart from his house in Calgary on this episode. Mm-hmm. And um, so you have Austin. He's like, so it's like, so you guys, it's like, you guys let Bret Hart do this from his house. You're letting Billman do it from his house. Y'all have me. He's like, y'all couldn't fly down to Victoria, Texas to yeah. do this from my house. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, right? He's got a point. I don't think that was a work. <laughs> I don't think that was a work either. Pretty sure and that was shooting I mean, from the hip. I'm loving about. Um, and I'm pretty sure he did mention something about this about, about being a shoot. 
I'm pretty sure Austin mentioned that in like while he was on the camera. I was like, nah, this is a shoot. <laughs> Probably. Because uh, he said something. He was like, oh, yeah. Because he was like, he was like looking. He's like, are y'all ribbing me? Right yeah. <laughs> like, yes. And like, in 1996, sure. nobody had any idea what that meant, but we all do now. Mm-hmm. I, I love every minute of that. And I loved man, every minute of this whole thing. The whole thing was just beautiful perfection little perfection so much perfection that i actually went ahead and graded this just because it was perfection and gave it an a plus i'm glad you did because i graded it too and i also gave it an a plus oh yeah Yeah. this uh, can't understate perfection no mr perfect this was just mm, perfect oh yeah absolutely and that's i mean this is the best part because it's like this is austin on the rise right now you know what I mean? This ain't, this isn't, if you want me to go to Pillman's house and, you know, beat him up and like hijack his interview, give me a hell yeah. We didn't know nothing about that yet. Nope. Like this nope. is just straight up. This is, they've shoved a rocket to his back and have lit it and he is going to the moon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And the fact that I feel like, somebody i guess notices like look this 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 guy can talk we need to just let him talk yeah don't make him the ringmaster let him be steve austin yeah and austin as we can see right now has no problem getting himself over oh no 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 not a problem at all he has no problem getting himself over and he buried everyone in this interview he buried brad hart he buried brian pillman he buried gorilla monsoon and he buried vince (laughs) It was beautiful. <laughs> this you could show this to promo class students and go, do this like this. I mean, not exactly like this, but this is how you cut a promo. Get yourself over. Make the fans hate you, but like mm-hmm. you. He was so perfect at that. He, oh yeah. Even in the era of gay fabe here, I mean, this is we're not fully blowing the door off yet, but you know, because they're still sort of mostly chanting or cheering the faces and booing the heels. Mm-hmm. He's the heels they come, but they love him. Oh, He's yeah. already that anti-establishment fight the man. Austin that we're going to know in about a year and a half. Oh yeah. And this is like, in this, like these promos here between him and Pillman has just <sighs> been, I love it because it's like, yeah, they're kind of like, you know, I always think of Toto when he, Blesses the rains down in Africa. Oh, wait, wrong, wrong Toto. Um, oh, Toto Yamamoto? When he pulls the uh, That's Tojo. curtain out. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, you know, man behind the curtain, so to speak. Oh. Kind of like, you know, Austin brings up the Gorilla Monsoon's only a puppet and the Vince yeah. is really pulling the strings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pillman talking about Vince giving him his money a while back. And it's just like, I mean, Pillman's always been that guy. So it's like, you know, of course, he's like, whatever. What's kayfabe? I'll punch her in the face. You know, whatever. We don't condone that here at the Attitude Era Wrestling Review. Uh, but um, <laughs> hey, yesterday we was having to downplay sexual assault, and now you're just doing straight up domestic battery. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, hope you guys enjoy our final episode. <laughs> we just canceled ourselves. I'm just, nah. I mean, we don't. We absolutely do not condone that. And I love, I mean, I, I love the fact that, um, I love the fact that Austin calls McMahon out here. Cause he's just like, you know, 
he's in there like, I wonder why, you know, Gorilla Monsoon has suspended you. He was like, I'll oh, shut up, Vince. He was like, look, like, we all know that, you know, Gorilla Monsoon is just a puppet. And it's like, we know it's pulling the strings. You know that Austin versus Hart is money. And I mean, yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Can't wait for those. I mean, that match. Don't know that there's more than one yet. Yeah. yeah. What cracks me up here is, uh, of course, toward the end of this uh, Austin tirade, <laughs> call it, you know, here comes Brett, you know, you know, Brett's on, you see Austin looking at the monitor and uh, he has this, this like evil smile on his face. Here's Brett with his kids. I was like, oh no, please don't bury the man's children. <laughs> I don't remember what question they asked Brett, but we start to hear music over that. So I got a little annoyed at that. Yes, very much so. Out, we were having technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. I'll explain why here in a second. As in right now. On her way down to ringside to sit with uh, Vinnie Mac and the king is the lovely Sonny. Did you notice what happened when she got to the booth? Other than King grinning like a prepubescent teen boy. Very close to what I wrote down. I wrote, she got to the booth. Vince stood up like a gentleman. Not sure Jerry the King Lawler could. Erection joke. Anywho. <laughs> yeah, you so were that, saying. That, that was entertaining. And um, she was coming down ahead of our next match here. We got uh, Freddie Joe Floyd, who I guess was like under the ring or something because I didn't see him come out. Going up against Billy Gunn. No Bart. Hmm. What's going on there? Any idea? Yeah. Hmm. So I guess the smoking guns are no more. So we're down to what? Three tag teams? Well, well, yeah. Well, three active tag teams. Ish. Yeah, pretty much. Because I feel like the new rockers have been demoted to superstars and body donnas are still not doing their thing right now. The Godwins are around, I guess. We need to find out when are we getting one of my favorite tag teams of all time? <laughs> the headbangers. I would say that probably won't be for at least another year or so. You're disappointing me. Yesterday you told me it was Arn Anderson's last pay-per-view match. Now you're telling me they're not going to be there for another year. Killing me, Smalls. I apologize. I apologize. Oh, but anyway, Um, Billy Gunn. So, yeah, Billy Gunn, Freddie Joe Floyd. So, uh, Freddie Joe Floyd starts off the match the way he does, and he does it so well. Getting them arm drags in there. And, of course, uh, really not much else going on there. Just, you know, Sonny talking on commentary, and that was the majority of the match there. Um, And then, like, maybe, what, a minute or two in, here comes Bart, who shows up and just has a little spat with his brother, Billy, before being escorted out by the rest of the refs in the crowd, or in the crowd, in the back. Poor Freddie Joe Floyd here. Like, you would think with 
Billy and Bart uh, jaw jacking at each other that that would have gave him some sort of advantage but Billy just kind of rolls over and knocks him off the side of the ring <laughs> yes Drew sorry I got, I, I'm sure what you were saying was totally excited but I wanted to look up and see when the henbangers are coming I know when <laughs> no worries yeah uh, you're you're missing a riveting match here I actually just got to the end flying lead drop by Billy one two three well I was I'm kidding I was listening that was that was absolutely spot on riveting match mm-hmm. analysis. I mean, that was the entire match. The headbangers will be on superstars before the end of this month. Oh. Smile on my face. Anywho. Yeah, this match, it was mentioning superstars. Could have been there this whole Billy, Sonny, Bart. Bleh. Yeah. Bleh. Yeah. Um, but I mean the match itself wasn't terrible. I, mm-hmm. I was I it was I love me some Freddie Joe Floyd. I hate to call him that. I love me some Tracy Smothers. I like Billy Gunn. He sells a little comically, but whatever. Um, the bill, the Billy and Bart gun thing. I'm not looking forward to that because I know it's what Billy's going to turn into. Yep. One of the worst, how he ever got out of that gimmick and turned into something over. I'll never understand. I mean, he went from being a smoking gun, you know, decent four time tag team champion to rockabilly as a stooge for um the what's his name oh wayne ferris i can't think of his that gimmick name i think it was memphis name guitar elvis impersonator honky talk man honky talk man there we go good god how did i not how did that not wow yeah i can think of wayne ferris but i can't think of honky tonk man is yeah oh good lord god he came back <laughs> yeah anywho yeah rock he becomes rockabilly as a stooge for honky tonk man and how i mean that's just the stench of death right there but he got out of it but this over i mean freddie joe uh, floyd can have a good i mean for a job guy i mean that's what he's using him at. at least he's a good one a right. very good one I'll take this over like those matches that have just like local enhancement talent or Jimmy floopity flop from down the street here knows how to take a bump. So we're going to put him in here. Those aren't, at least these matches are good. True. That's very true. I'd have loved to have seen Freddie Joe Floyd with any kind of not Freddie Joe Floyd gimmick and let him try, but Vince hates Southern people especially really Southern people. Oh, but um, this wasn't a bad match. It was good. It was okay. Hey, for what it was, yeah. For what it was. I mean, I I know, like we said, last, I think it was last week or whenever. I'm losing track of when all these come out. But we talked about how our opinions of wrestlers affect our grades. Well, this one's definitely one for me. I love both these two and 
Sonny on commentary was great too. Um, it was a solid match in the ring. I gave this a B plus. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm being a fanboy here. Mm-hmm. Cause I'll be honest, like this one got a C out of me, man. Like it wasn't the match itself per se. Um, it wasn't really everything that went on around the match. It was just, I mean, for me, honestly, it was one of those that was there. And this is a match that personally I think was better suited for superstars. No argument there. Like, we're going to put this here. And, you know, and I guess they're really trying to push this Billy versus Bart deal. Okay. Like, it'll end up probably being a free-for-all Survivor Series anyway. So it's like. Yeah, pretty much. Give, give Austin and Hart more time. Oh, please. Where's my DeLorean? Um, yeah, <laughs> right. this is this is a lot about me really emotionally invest in Tracy Smothers, a lot of it. And I'll admit that. I will full-on admit, you know, this, uh, this review of this match and probably all of his matches are a little biased. It's human nature i'm human you don't like it i got two words for you deal with it and that's two words deal and with it so don't try to say i can't count okay these yeah. are facts yeah those are two words yeah but, i mean you said c i said i know we're way off on this but yeah this is all me loving tracy hmm. oh yeah i ain't gonna argue with you brother and sunny on commentary and on screen I don't know. Then we get Bret Hart and Stone Cold on split screen. I wrote two things. I love when he said, it's Austin's house. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's soon to be. Yeah, it will be. Um, And why were the shots so tight? Both of them were like, they just shoved a camera so close to their face. It was like two inches from their nose. Right. Now with Brett, I could, well, if he's, well, I don't know where he was, if he was really at home or not. If he was really at home, I could kind of understand that. It's like, I don't want y'all to see my house. Like Brett Hart kind of seems like that kind of guy. Or it's like, nah, like. I mean, that first shot wasn't that wide. It was the whole chair with his kids. And I'm not saying it has to be that, but I mean, this was, you couldn't even see his forehead or his chin. It was so tight to his face. And I was like, and my uh, thing for Austin, at least, is probably because everybody else behind him was probably cracking up. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have been able to hold that out of, out of like, I need to leave the room. <laughs> I thought, I thought like the aspect ratio of my TV was going nuts. <laughs> but now nah, they were, no, nah, those cameras are tight. They were in their tight. But, you know, back and forth between Austin and Brett is just, again, all amazing. Mm-hmm. These two were so good together in the ring, on the mic, everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, this back and forth just kind of shows that right there because I'm already ready to just skip over everything and go straight to Survivor Series. I want to see this match. Me too. And I've seen it many times throughout my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, if y'all, if y'all get on 
and get a notification, whether it's on Twitter, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this podcast at, and it says Survivor Series out of nowhere next week, mind your business. Yeah. Because <laughs> I already know I'm a grade for it. I've seen the match so many times in my life. It's one of my top five all-time favorites. Oh, yeah. It's definitely one to go back and watch. So for sure. I know what my grade is, so deal with it, folks. Don't like it? Got two words for you. Deal with it. All right, so then we're moving on to our main event of the evening with the British Bulldog versus Shawn Michaels, the icon, the showstopper. Shut up, Vince. (sighs) (laughs) And we get Owen on commentary. And the match starts, and Owen says, the British Bulldog's not an egotistical blah, blah, blah. And then the shot immediately goes to the ring as Bulldog is, did something to Sean, and he's just standing there posing for the crowd. And I'm like, <laughs> perfect timing, Owen. Perfect timing for that one. Oh, Gotta love it. Yeah, he was just standing there flexing. and Right. I mean, it was five seconds after Owen goes, he's not egotistical like Michael's. <laughs> this was a solid, solid match back and forth. It. Shawn Michaels was using speed. Oh, or Bulldog was using his power. It was mm-hmm. just perfect. Not not perfect, but a good match. These two had a good one. What was it? A couple months ago at In Your House. Was that International Incident? I believe so. Yes. Wait. No. Was it? No, it was right before we started watching. We saw the replays of it. But these two had a match. I don't know. It was a pay-per-view. I can't I don't think it was international incident. Uh oh goodness. International incident's the one where they had Sid come back to replace. Yes. They, yeah, they uh, had a sorry. title. They had a title match because he pinned him because Bulldog pinned him in that match. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But in there your was house, something Enter in your house in something or the other. Insert name here. Uh, but yeah, so but this was another good one back and forth between the, these two are excellent at what they do. Um, Owen grabs Michael's leg, and Sid makes the save. Mm-hmm. Here comes Sid to save Sean, like Sean saved Sid last week. Hmm. Except he accidentally Sid or Sean accidentally hit Sid, and oh no, it's on. It is oh, on. snap. Ooh. Okay. But they, they work out their differences. And Owen is outside, and he is mad at what I don't know. But he challenges Shawn Michaels and Sid to a tag title match next week. Okay. <laughs> Not a whole lot of sense in that for you to put your titles on the line versus... I don't know. I don't think heels should ever willingly put their titles on the line, but that's just me. I think it should be forced mm-hmm. or suckered into it by a baby face, but not just willy nilly going, ah, we're going to put them up unless they've got some plan to beat the crap out of them. I don't know. Oh, so yeah, I think shenanigans are going to be afoot. But this was a good match. I liked it. Again, mm-hmm. these two have solid chemistry. I mean, Michael's in the ring can work with anybody. It's just behind the scenes he hates everybody that's not 
his three best friends who were gone. Yep. <sighs> yep. What could have been if he would have been the Shawn Michaels of today back then? Oh, for sure. But we're not going to play what if today. Um, Solid match. I like the angle afterwards. The tag team match is a little weird to me, but we'll see where it goes. Um, I ended up giving this a B plus. Ooh, okay. Nah, yeah, this match, uh, it was, I mean, honestly, definitely best match of the night for sure. But then again, I mean, you get Shawn Michaels and Davey Boy Smith in a ring. I mean, that's what you're going to get. It's going to be fun. And that's exactly what it was. There's a lot of showboating, of course. And I mean, of course. <laughs> I mean, you got Michaels in a ring. You got Davey Boy Smith in a ring. There's going to be a lot of showboating. And it made sense because, of course, you know, you have British Bulldog, Cocky Heel, Shawn Michaels, the showstopper, or whatever. And it was just, it was just fun. Um, and, of course, Slammy Award winner Owen Hart on commentary. That's always a blast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's always a blast. And I, I do agree with Owen Hart. Like, what makes Shawn Michaels so great? He's not even a Slammy Award winner. I don't know. That I'm cracked not, me up. <laughs> I'm not even great. I'm just, I mean, I would trade my armchair booker of the year title for a Slammy Award. Well, I'm not a Slammy. You'd be put in there with some great company. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, what'd you oh, give yeah. this? Uh, this match got a B plus for me as well. Hey, so except for like one match, we're pretty much right there all together. Yeah. And, um, I did like that, uh, Owen, uh, or not Owen, uh, when Shawn Michaels is getting ready to tune up the band, <laughs> Owen's like, oh, no, we can't have none of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, grabs no, I'll, legs. Yeah, I'll, no, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah. And, yeah, then, and of course, yeah, you know, brawl ensues after that. Here comes Sid, you know, like you said. And, um, yeah, I don't understand why they put the tag titles up. But at the same time, yeah, as soon as they did that, I'm like, there's no way they're going to drop the belts to these guys. Like, I mean, especially considering, well, they have a match with each other for the WWF title coming up. So it's like, there's really no point in, like, unless y'all desperately want a belt on Shawn Michaels that badly. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, we was like, and it's one of those things you makes you think, it's like, okay, so say next week comes around, I mean, I could see it. I could see it working that angle. The, they win the title, then they have to fight each other. Hmm. That I mean, that would be an interesting angle, but it's like at the same time, it's like, well, wait, did we're going to see that in about two years? Didn't that happen with Austin and Taker? I think so. They ended up winning. The, they were supposed to face each other to pay per view, and they ended up winning the tag titles too. I'm pretty sure I remember that. I'm pretty sure, yeah, I think that did happen with them, and then we'll see it a few later, a few years later after that, I believe, with Austin and Triple H. Because it wasn't one of them champ, and then they ended up winning the tag titles as a two-man power trip. I think they were supposed to, but I think that's also when Trips tore his quad for the 736,000th oh, time. You might be right. Yeah, might he went, be right. when he went for that pedigree on the table and tore his quad when the table gave out. Oh, man, I remember that, too. That was, ooh. Yeah, that was bad. I think it was the first time he tore his quad. I said 436,000. I'm sorry. That was Kevin Nash. 
That's one of the click members. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> them and Vince both have bad quads. Vince's was just the most hilarious. I'm sorry. I don't want to laugh at somebody else getting hurt. But what was it, the 2005 Royal Rumble? Mm-hmm. When he- this was just the way that went down. It, it was just the way it went down that was funny because it's like he blew his quad out in the most anticlimactic way ever. Oh, I mean, I'll give him credit. If he wouldn't have thrown, if he wouldn't have blown those quads, that would be probably one of the most greatest botch saves that nobody might understood was a botch mm-hmm. ever. Because if you don't know what we're talking about, Cena and Batista accidentally eliminated each other as the last two competitors in the Royal Rumble, and they both hit the mat at the same time. Perfect. You could not have planned. You couldn't have done that elimination perfectly if both of them just bang, bang, hitting mm-hmm. exact. I mean, not even bang, bang. It was just perfectly at the same time. I know one thing, though. I mean, I, I'll put it this way. We should be thankful that it was uh, Vince's quad that, that blew out because had it not been, we might have seen the man's head explode on live television. I mean, yeah, kind of. Uh, but I mean, I know he wasn't happy that the finish got botched, but. Yeah. <laughs> I was. <laughs> because, I think Vince was, what, 60-something by then? And it's like he yeah. blew down to the ring. <laughs> well, if, if you remember, they stood in the, the ring for a few minutes. Batista and Cena going back and forth because one was on Raw, one was on Nitro, and the or not Raw, <laughs> one was on Raw, one was on SmackDown. The SmackDown ref I think was holding Batista's hand up. The Raw one was holding uh, Cena's hand up. You know they were they were vamping and stalling for time. Like what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, no chance. That's what you. I don't even remember if they played the music, but here comes Vince doing mm. the doing the power strut down the ramp, and he is. Jaw jacking, spit flying. He just looks. I'm. I'm not sure he's really. I'm sure he's maybe working a little bit because I mean, hey, what are you gonna do? The guys fell. It happens. Mm-hmm. It's ain't ballet, folks. People fall. But he comes down and he goes to slide in the ring, and when he does, he tears both his quads. And it cracks because he gets up and he just boom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Ooh. Yeah. So he slides in, tries to stand up, and there is just no power in his legs to hold him up. And he just sits back down on his butt, leaning against the bottom rope. And then instead of, I'll be like, hey, help me up. Help me up. I, I hurt myself. Help me up. And then I'll yell at him. That would have been better than no. He just sits on his butt and starts pointing and screaming at him as they're looking. So you get these two, <laughs> this visual of two jacked up muscle men staring down at this 60 year old angry man on his butt screaming at them. And the crowd at this point is going, What? What just <laughs> happened? And it's to this day, it's. I mean, it's absolutely hilarious because at the time, nobody knew Vince tore his quad. Mm-hmm. He just like, why is he sitting down yelling at him? Oh man, I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that though, like in the back. See, <laughs> I would think that's the point where he's really truly angry that he tore his quads and had to look like that. Probably the, those. I could see those explicatives coming out of that. Of just he probably made up cuss words that night. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't doubt if he was too angry about the, you know, the botched finish because you mm-hmm. know it worked out and everything would have been fine. It was actually kind of, oh, yeah. it was actually kind of cool. I mean, because they did that exact same finish as a work with Mike. What was it, Michaels and 
was Michaels and somebody. Can't remember who now. But there was one of the Royal Rumbles. They both hit at the same time. And they worked they worked it like that. But this wasn't. This was just a shoot. <laughs> I think it was Batista was going to powerbomb uh Cena and kind of that he kind of fell over and Cena kind of burger brought him over the top legitly. <laughs> I mean, Batista was going to win. All he had to do was let him, but he didn't want to hurt him, let him go and kill John Cena because don't kill the golden goose. But oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just that visual of 66 year old, I'm 60 something year old Vince McMahon sitting on his butt, staring up at (laughs) these two jacked up muscle men and screaming (laughs) at them as they have to literally look down. Oh, yeah. That was great. That was um, <laughs> how in the God's world did we get here? I have no idea. I don't remember where oh, this... we were talking about. I think, yeah, we were talking about trips when he blew out his. <laughs> yeah. How'd we get there? Something about the tag tag titles. Title. <laughs> we went from tag titles to 2005 Royal rumble. That's a long walk for a short drink of water, folks. Ain't that the truth, but Hey, I'll tell you what though. If you guys have your own thoughts about 2005 Royal Rumble or really any Royal Rumble, feel free to drop us a line. Let us know your thoughts on how you would have uh, booked that or even make up some swear words of what you thought Vince might have said. You can let us know at Twitter at AEWRpod. Or um, you flarking scudheads. There it is. Or if you think you're... uh, the swear words you're going to make up are a little too hot for Twitter. You can email it to us. Just make sure you put that in the subject line that this is the words I'm making up so we don't end up cutting a promo on you via email. And you can reach us there at AEWR316 at gmail.com. Instagram, we are also on the gram at AEWR pod. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. I don't know how you, you would, uh, you can't, well, I guess you can send us stuff there too if you'd like. You know, yeah, you can send us a Flarkin message. Yeah, you can send us a message and, uh, yeah, tell us, uh, what you think was going through Vinnie Mac's mind <laughs> as he was being carried to the back. <laughs> I don't want to even think about getting in Vince McMahon's mind. What's left either. of it nowadays? Sheesh. So, you know what NXT's missing? More color. Oh, God, NXT. <laughs> Look how they've massacred my boy. Oh, man. It's been something great. It was. It used to be. It used to be. It used to be the closest thing to professional wrestling on TV. And now, no. It's looks like a unicorn. Every time I see that show, it just looks like the in, looks like an interior decorator walked in and said, hmm. I'm going to do this room. Let's see. What do you want it to look like? Make it look like the inside of Tinkerbell's vagina. There. That's what that looked like. I was going to say avant-garde gone wrong, but... <laughs> it's it's awful. Their, their ratings are absolutely tanking. It's hilarious. It's uh, kind of funny at this point. What are you going to do mm-hmm. but laugh? If, honest to God... WWE right now to me has 99 through 2001 WCW written all over it. Mm-hmm. Just throw more money at it and throw more stupid ideas at it. 
and ain't nothing working. One well, one thing, Roman Reigns. That's it. Everything else is garbage. Straight oh, yeah. up garbage. Oh yeah. And that's the thing. It's like y'all you had lightning in a bottle. Like, and the thing is, and I'm not even referring, like, I know we're, you know, we're 25 years back, you know, we're at the tail end of the new generation right now, heading into the attitude era right now. And um you know, and when I say like you had lightning in your bottle, I'll be honest with you, I'm not even really referring to the attitude era. That was a product of its time. You know, you think about what was on TV back when the attitude era was like in full swing in WWF. Like, you know, Springer was on TV and super popular. Um, South Park was starting to get huge. And okay, for lack of a better term, quote unquote, trash TV, you know, Gen Xers and their lethargic look on life but um excuse me and but uh i'm i'll be honest with you i'm referring more to okay we're not even gonna say we're gonna talk about the invasion that was that's a whole other podcast i could start oh Um, my god the worst book thing ever i would love the opportunity to book that top to bottom and it could we'd be talking billions at this point they made what they did could have worked, but they made one fatal mistake. They didn't wait. Nope. All they had to do nope. was wait for Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan. Who else was there that stayed home? Thing, Sting, Thing, Flair. Flair. All these guys that had these big mega contracts went, you know what? We can sit home and get paid just as much as we can for being mm-hmm. there. We're going to mm-hmm. sit home and be paid. And that's the fun thing about that. Those guys had those Either. guys had contracts through Time Warner. Mm-hmm. They didn't have contracts through WCW. So that's why we got Buff Bagwell and a bunch of other guys you've never heard of. Stan Stan Stasiak. Yeah. Like nothing against Booker T <laughs> was the one that kind of held her down, but for what oh, yeah. it was. Oh, yeah. There's a re- If you have those guys coming in as an invasion, now we're talking. All Vince had to do was pay him. Mm-hmm. But he was cheap. He had the money. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of money. He would have made a lot of money. Vince McMahon has always been a good businessman. Nobody oh, yeah. will take that away from him. Vince McMahon has never been good at the wrestling business. Sorry, hasn't. Nope. Nope. And I mean, that's why I mean, and at the same time too, a lot of those guys probably should have understood like, look, a lot of y'all are here. This is kind of your audition. Ask Buff Bagwell, who's probably still standing outside the stadium after Stone Cold and Kurt Angle kicked him out. They're like, just go stand out there. And he's still there. Like, are they going to let me back in? And I guess he's, you know, he's got his little side gig he's doing right now. But yeah. Like you talk about, it's like, man, you got buried in front of millions of people watching at home and thousands in whatever stadium that was at. And mm-hmm. it's like, and of course, you know, for Vinnie Mac, I know that was his opportunity to, to uh, kind of bury what was left or what was there of the competition anyway. But like, and my thing is like, yeah, I agree with you 100%, dude. They should have waited because, or paid him and done it then. Exactly. It was like, look, we'll buy those contracts out. We need you guys. And even then, don't throw them all in there at one time. 
you know, bring on, obviously, you know, you want to, I mean, that'd be, how amazing would that have been? We're watching, I don't know, the Rock and Stone Cold, they're going back and forth about something or whatever, you know, this alliance, blah, blah, blah. And out of nowhere, we hear the NWO music. Here comes Hall and Nash. Everybody's flipping. Oh, my God. Diesel and Razor are back. You know, whatever. Hey, we're seeing them now. They're already back. (laughs) 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 And it would have been beautiful. And honestly, like one of WCW's biggest draws toward the end of their thing, Goldberg. Like, that was another one. And even when they brought Goldberg in, I think they botched that big time. Well, but we'll get to that. Yeah. I mean, every, every WCW guy they brought in, they had to beat and bury because Vince couldn't realize, Hey, you won beating these guys hurts you now, not them. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at everybody that came in DDP sting. Uh, who'd you just, who were we just talking about? Goldberg Goldberg. They all immediately just got beat to powder. Mm-hmm. And just because he hated them because they were from WCW. Right. It took a long time for a WCW guy to finally get over in WWF E. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh not, yeah. Let's and, not let's knock about let's not talk about Trips pedigreeing Booker T and taking twenty minutes to crawl over and make him stay down for three. Oh that whole storyline was just uncomfortable. Oh, you mean racism? Big time. Yeah, that was, I don't know who did that, why they did that. It was awful. Mm-hmm. Cringe. That was Miss Elizabeth level cringe. Oh, yeah. Beyond cringe. That Unacceptable. But sorry, I, I got away from my original point. Uh, what, my, uh, tag yeah, teams? My original point was, Where'd we go uh, again? <laughs> I don't know. Where when I was what? saying that uh, WWE had lightning in a bottle. Um, if you look past the invasion BS, uh, the ruthless aggression era. I will be honest with you to me was that was their opportunity to take professional wrestling to a whole new level, because you think at this point they'd already bought out WCW. Um, The guys that did come that actually panned out from WCW and ECW, they were big draws there. And some of them were big draws, even in WWE Um, love them or hate them. DDP was a big draw even then. He had, but DDP still to this day has more charisma in his pinky than I'll ever think about having in my entire lifetime. You have Booker T, who could get a crowd going. You can get a crowd to hate him. I did like his uh, program that he had with The Rock. That was fun. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> who are um, you? <laughs> that was great. He was five times, five times. But um, <laughs> uh, Rob Van Dam, Rob Van Dam was a huge draw in ECW. I'm still to this day an RVD fan. I was always an RVD fan. And how long did it take for them to put a strap on him? I kid you not, man. Like when that whole invasion angle happened and I saw RVD show up on WWE television, I marked the F out. I'm not even kidding. I was like, oh, my God, it's Rob Van Dam. Let's go. I was super hyped. Um, and yeah, it took them forever to be like, okay, we need to push this guy. And I never understood that because it's like, okay, I get it. He's not one of your boys. He's not a big, hairy, sweaty man. We know how you feel about them, Vinnie Mac. 
Vince McMahon loves big sweaty men. I see you're also a man of culture. Just excuse me, a man of the cult. I know Uh, that song. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, and on top of those guys, you have this young Randy Orton, you know, you have this young John Cena who come in and they were kind of the forefront, quote unquote, to the ruthless aggression. Um, And of course, Triple H, he was on the other side of his prime by then. The Rock was at this point a part-timer. Austin was hurt, so he wasn't in the ring. And I mean, the future was in good hands. Let's just put it that way. The future was in good hands. And if you could have added on top of that, you bring in some of these the guys who were the main guys from WCW had you been able to bring them in gradually get them involved get them over get them over thank you and you home like you talk about like I say that could have been next level and it's just like they continue to blow it and 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 by the time they brought in Hall Nash and Hogan Hogan was like 96 um Hall and Nash were old, and, and look at Scott Hall back like at, at that point anyway. Yeah, and, mm. you know it was just it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same, and I popped. I will admit I popped whenever he's like I'm bringing in the NWO and all that. I was like, oh my god, the NWO, and then they get there and it's just like this sucks. These guys aren't going to be able to contend with Austin and The Rock. Are you kidding me? And when I said a second ago, when I said get over, let me clarify. I don't mean get over with the fans. All those guys came in were gangbusters over the fans. Fans never, fans never really cared. You had your pick of WWF or WCW, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like, oh my god, that guy's here. I hate him now. No, I'm not saying get it over with the fans. Get them over with the office. Get them over with Vince. Exactly. Vince. I knew exactly where you were coming from. I just wanted to clarify to our our (laughs) audience. Fair enough. Okay, so yeah, like, how could sense. you how could you say that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash came in and Hogan they weren't over? Oh my god, they got no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying over with Vince. God. Vince was yeah, ready to very over with the crowd. Vince signed their contracts with a shovel <laughs> because mm-hmm. he was going to bury him no matter what. I mean, oh, look yeah. at look at Sting when he finally showed up. That. <sighs> I'm telling you, we need to start a Patreon and just like do rants. Oh, I can censored rants because like when when I say I can go on and on and on and on about that, <clears throat> excuse me, about that uh post Monday Night Wars invasion, early ruthless aggression booking, just overall. <laughs> I can go on and on about that. And matter of fact, I mean, I'm pretty sure this rant so far has gone on a lot longer than our review of Raw did because <laughs> quite frankly, yeah, it was like you could have had just success after success, but you need to pay people. You need to pay people. I mean, saying it in retrospect, you know, it's like, yeah, do better. But, I mean, it's way beyond that since the majority of these guys have retired by this point. 
and a lot of them are still pretty active on Twitter, and I'm sure a few of them probably still get in the ring from time to time. As a matter of fact, I think RVD gets in the ring from time to time. Uh, Shane Helms, I think he gets in the ring from time to time. Um, he's a delight on Twitter. He seems like a super friendly dude. Like, I'd, I'd have a beer with Shane Helms, and I'd have a joint with RVD, I guess. So, I mean, I guess that's a thing. Um, I really can't think of anybody else who might still be active actually i think stasiak still works with wwe actually um it's either wwe or AEW. he works i'm pretty sure he works with one of them sean stasiak i think he's still working with wwe no idea like in the back something like that um but yeah i mean that's what i'm saying like even a lot of these guys from that era i mean there are guys from that era who are still in the ring, like, like I'm pretty sure Randy Orton's still around. Cena's still there from time to time. Yep. Um, yep. And they still get reactions from the crowd, uh, you know, for whatever it's worth. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all in all, I'm just saying, like, you had that perfect opportunity. And a lot of people were right. We're not like, and at the same time, he proved a lot of people right. Cause it's like, as soon as Vince came on, I purchased WCW. It's like right then and there. It's like, dude, you just killed professional wrestling. Yep. I think the best thing he could have done is found another network for it and kayfabe the crap out of it and kept it running as WCW. And that was the original plan mm-hmm. is to run it as WCW is basically their secondary show, but they, put the cat out of the bag when he had to come say, lie, won the war, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Win the war yeah. in the boardroom. Let the war go on on TV. Mm-hmm. Because that match you were talking about with Buff Bagwell, or you're talking about Buff Bagwell, I think it was the first, the first Raw after Nitro went off. It was the first, it was the next week or the week after. I can't remember how many in between. Um, They had a WCW title match between, I think it was Booker T., was he? Yeah, because he was the final champion, and then Buff Bagwell on Raw as the main event. It was supposed to be this was WCW. They were not. This wasn't going to be WWF. Vince had conditioned his crowd that anything they do, we hate, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a bad match. Both no. guys could go. They booed every bit of it from the first introduction to the pin out of the mm-hmm. building. They wanted none of that on Raw. And that was the only no. WCW match you ever got on Raw. Yeah, because I remember they did try that. Yeah, I remember that because they switched up all the graphics and everything. Mm-hmm. Every, yep. and yeah, it didn't work. And I agree with you 100%. Like, yeah, kayfabe the crap out of that. Like, I don't need you on TV on Raw bragging that you bought W or WCW, and then here comes Shane from the last Nitro saying, "Oh, by the way, I went behind your back and got it myself." Lulls, like, man, I remember. Just... Wa- I do remember watching that because I do too. This was mm-hmm. pre-internet age. I mean, this was pre-everything internet age, but you still you knew some things. And it it got out, and everybody knew it. I hadn't even watched wrestling anymore, but I watched that night. And still, even knowing it was going to happen, watching Shane show up on, or watching Vince's face 
on nitro on tnt or was it tnt mm-hmm. yeah on tnt was just insane it was just i don't understand yeah you're just like what and my thing is like even okay i'll even give them that even if they had gone that route still and you know vince is ha 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 you know evil vince mcmahon and Shane were to still do, you know, by the way, you know, I, I talked to their board of directors or whatever, and I put my name and everybody's like, oh my God, how can he do this to his dad? You know, whatever. And then, yeah, just business as usual. It's like, all right, well, we'll see you next Monday, dad, you know, or whatever. And then Vince, you know, have Vince freaking out like, ah, the war's still going on, my own flesh and blood. Like, that would have been, I don't like, oh my God, that was perfectly put together. Because on one hand, it's like, okay, Vince McMahon now owns WCW. But on the flip, it's like, kayfabe, okay, Shane owns WCW. And just, they could have still done the same thing. Or even if they wanted to, like, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, I keep that and then, you know, maybe gradually absorb guys into the WWE. And then you could still had your invasion angle. But at the same time, maybe with that extra income coming from nitro you get your nash your hogan your hall your sting your flair like you get those bigger names those guys who don't have wcw contracts you keep them involved that's going to bring you more money because like you said you know we just bought all these guys straight up if i got a time order contract yeah i'm sitting at home i'm not showing up wherever y'all are See, and I think that would be the only issue with my idea is you're going to have, yeah, you can run a, you know, you can still run Nitro on, let's say, the Sci Fi Network. I don't know, because they eventually, (laughs) whatever, you know, it's on X Network, whatever, Uh, whatever, you know, another network, not TBS, TNT, not Turner. Yeah. You, I mean, we this go for a while, but let's just, the big thing is, yeah, your Halls, Nashes, Flares, Hogan's, they're all going to be sitting at home. So you're going to have basically the same problem you have with the invasion angle. You're going to have a show that doesn't have stars on it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to do two things. You're going to send some of your WWF guys over, and WCW fans aren't going to like that. Mm-hmm. Or you're just going to have to try. And here's the thing Vince can't do today. Take some of those guys you got left and make stars out of them. Yeah. The thing is, if you don't have guys to put them over, you can't really make stars. I don't know. We this it's a catch twenty two, really. There, oh, yeah. other than waiting, which is what they probably should have done, wasn't a whole lot they probably could have done. They could have tried a second show and kept it up, but it would have been it would have been just probably just as hard and maybe fell just as flat. I'm going to re- retract what I said earlier. I think it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I said earlier it would work. I want to retract that and take that back. It would have fell really flat. It have fell flatter than a. It have fell flatter than the chest of a stripper working noon on a Tuesday. That's that's like yeah. I mean that's I mean a lot of that just boils down to time. Yeah, it was, it was what it was. I mean W W closed not because Ted Turner didn't want to. It was because that he was losing a little bit of control of his own company, 
and they lost $60 million mm-hmm. in 2000. $60 million. Bischoff gave way too stupid of contracts. I'm sorry. Giving, yes, getting Hall and Nash was a big coup, and that's what put him on the map, but it's also the thing that killed him. Because when you give two guys a contract that has a little clause that says, no matter what anybody else makes, I make more than they do. So, yeah, you sign them off to, you know, pretty decent contracts in a million a year. But then when you give Goldberg 1.5, Hall and Nash suddenly get two. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Insane contracts. And on top of that, you know, getting word from up top, hey, we want another uh, primetime live show. That right there, keep hammering them nails, man. Hiring that Vince Russo. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Putting him in charge of, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So there were a lot of factors. There were a lot of factors. And yeah. yeah, that contract, the contracts with Hall and Nash were the beginning, and yep. it just snowballed. The thing that put him on top is the thing that buried him. And it is what it was. Rise and fall, baby. Speaking of rising and falling, we watched Raw a long, seems like a long time ago we were talking about that. <laughs> True. We, we did go off. But, hey, this is why you come and listen to us. We talk about a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Make sure to catch our British Baking Show review podcast coming out next week where me and Arnold watch the great British Baking Bake Off or whatever it's called. I have no idea. This this bit's falling flat because I can't remember the name of the show. Oh, you were right. The great, was it the great British, great British Bake Off? The great British Bake Off. So me and Arnold mm-hmm. will start reviewing that next week. Riveting stuff, folks. This really guy, is. this guy makes a quiche that just looks amazing. Plus, one of the uh, judge host people is the dude that played old Greg. Oh, okay, that's uh, okay. Yeah, this this podcast is not really not real. Don't be looking forward to that one. But download this one. Do we ever give our final grades for this show? Like an hour ago, when we were last talking about it. You know, I don't think so. I mean, I had a birthday since we were talking about that. I had a phone call a little bit ago that nobody knew about. I mean, to- Arnold totally wasn't rambling there for five minutes while I was talking to the wife. Totally not. And I'm sure he had just <laughs> riveting. Um, no, no, I don't want to say that sarcastically because I'm pretty sure it was pretty good commentary. Oh, I was. I totally. I gave <laughs> shout outs to Hurricane Helms. I yeah. gave shout outs to RVD. Hey, I'm, hey, it's good in my book. Hey, I'll listen to it later. <laughs> uh but um overall this was i know we complained at the beginning that why would you do this against nitro but we didn't know at the time and it didn't look like from jesse james and salvador sincere that it was going to be a pretty good show mm. but this actually thank god stone cold was in it because if you take stone cold out of it it's not as good For sure. but i mean b c a plus b plus b plus for me this gets a B plus overall for me, which is a very good show. No bonus points like Halloween Havoc got, but uh, got a B plus for me. 
That's fair. I was like, for me, um, it was like, yeah, overall, yeah, it's like this wasn't a terrible show at all. Um, yeah, going head to head though, like there's some things they probably could have done a little better, but at the same time though, for WWF 1996, I mean, what more can you ask for at this point? Like I said, you know, we saw the, uh, I guess, raw debut in ring of the real double J, Jesse James. Uh, and <laughs> and we got a pretty good main event out of the deal. You know, we got Shawn Michaels and Davey Boy Smith in the main event. So I'm not going to argue with that either. Uh, overall, the show got a solid B for me. We're not too far off. I'm not going to not going to complain too much about that at all so b from you b plus for me good show um both shows are trending upward a little bit Mm -hmm. so i'm looking forward liking that raw is i mean if you want to look at the parallels between raw now and raw then raw's being carried by right now by roman reigns and paul Heyman. yep this is pretty much being carried by Stone Cold and Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. We don't have a roster full of stars yet. I made a point the other day that somebody posted that famous picture from the Attitude Era where they're all in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's Mankind, the the New Age Outlaw, Stone Cold, The Rock, Kane, Undertaker. No, I could go on and on and on. I made I made a comment, and I don't think a lot of people appreciated it too much, but... The undercard of that roster is more over than anybody not named Roman Reigns today. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And if you don't agree with that, I'm sorry. Got two words for you. Deal with it. So you're exactly right. And, I mean, that's the thing that made it what it was. It was like, I mean, even, you know, on the WCW side, which, I mean, I think I've alluded to that before. You can name guys who were mid-card guys or undercard guys and they had memorable gimmicks. They had memorable <laughs> characters. And the men and women themselves made those characters memorable. And, you know, of course, you hear, like, from, like, the Attitude Era, like, documentaries and stuff when they interview people. And they all said the same thing. I was like, look, you had to always be on top of your game. Like, because if you slacked off, you got left behind. Six. So there's a reason a lot of those guys are over. Six to eight million people were watching when that picture was taken per week. Mm-hmm. Now we've got one show that pees its pants if it breaks one and a half million, and the other one that can barely get over two. Yep. On a much bigger network. Mm-hmm. With yep. that, when that picture was taken, they were on USA, not Fox. And yeah, they're still, Raw's still in USA, but. You know, their big show now is SmackDown and it's on Fox mm. or FX, whatever. Fox, FX, same thing anymore. Like you get same. both. It's insane what we've lost. And right now, you look at Vince, the more people say we hate this, the more he doubles down and shoves it down our throat. Mm-hmm. But that could be another hour rant. I think we've ran a little too long here. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Well, ladies and gentlemen. All the random paths we took aside. This was Monday Night Raw from <laughs> October. All 20th, over the place. 1996. <laughs> we jumped up to 2005, head back to 2001, jumped back up to 2021. We've been all over the place today, and we appreciate you guys following us on that journey. And, of course, you know, I've already mentioned our socials. 
So make sure to drop us a line there. Give us a follow. Hell, tell your friends. Too. Yeah, tell your friends. And then if they look at you weird and say, you still watch wrestling, you look at them and square in the eye and you call them a jobber. Still real to me. I mean, you can go that far if you want, but hey, <laughs> we won't judge you. Look at us. We're a couple of Marks in there talking about wrestling back in the day. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Marks for Marks. Yeah, we love all of you guys. And speaking of that, I think that's where we call it. I've been Arnold, the man with a plan. And of course, with me as always, the reigning, defending, undisputed armchair booker of the year, the Woo! big Drewski. And we are staring up at the lights. One, two, three. Around and round she goes. Where she finishes, nobody knows. Peace.